welcome to the Wild Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me tonight is Michael Katz and Robert Munoz, also from Wild Sports. We're covering almost all of Eastern Wyoming. We got Casper Laramie and Cheyenne on the show today. So, real good show. We're going to talk about Wyoming's potential. We're keeping our fingers crossed. We don't want to get too excited just in case. Football game against UNLV on Friday. We'll talk a little bit about Wyoming basketball because college basketball, out of nowhere, seems to just be parachuting in. Uh, We're not sure if they're going to pull the parachute on the bag or not, but it's soaring out of the plane, if you uh, would. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Wyoming Hoops jerseys. They are pretty sweet if you haven't seen them. So we'll get into all that. But first, Robert, how's it going tonight? Doing well, David, as always. It's always a great day. It'll be an even better day and better week if Wyoming gets gets to play gets to play this week for uh, finally once in once in three weeks, and we know that's what Katz is hoping for as well. Get hopefully you get to check out that new sweet stadium over there in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, we're certainly all hoping for the game to be played on Friday, but especially the man in charge of covering the game for Wyo Sports, Michael Katz. Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm, uh, I'm on pins and needles as always these days. It's just, <laughs> you know, just the phone at the ready, waiting for <laughs> the text or the tweet or the email. <laughs> well, we all, we all kind of gotten used to that the past two weeks. Certainly, it's been a roller coaster ride if you enjoy spending your weekends watching University of Wyoming football. Wyoming is set to take on UNLV, their second game in Nevada this year. That gets me thinking. We uh, talked a lot of trash, Robert and I did, about Nevada going into that game. And I got to apologize to Nevada quarterback Carson Strong set the Mountain West Conference record with, I believe, six consecutive 300-yard games, which props to him, man. Props to him. He has certainly balled out. But this week, Wyoming is supposed to take on the other team from Nevada in the Mountain West, UNLV. They've also had some cancellations due to COVID, so they're kind of up and down, pretty similar to the Pokes program. But – Michael, what are your initial thoughts about the UNLV game on Friday? Uh, I mean, my first thought is, you know, fingers crossed it happens. But, uh, I, you Hopefully know, that I, I text wasn't just canceling the game. No, that was just my stupid friends from college. <laughs> um, God bless them. But, um uh, yeah, you know, it's it's funny when we talked to, to Craig uh, Bowl and the players on Monday, they all were watching that Chiefs-Raiders game like I was, and they were like, damn, that stadium looks really freaking awesome, and we really hope we can play there. And, like, since the schedule, the new schedule was announced, I've been like, dang, I really hope that game happens because uh, it's an awesome stadium. It looks really cool, and um, – you know, UNLV is 
they're kind of in the same boat as Utah State uh, to an extent. Uh, you know, they're over right now. They're getting outscored by 20 a game, I think it is. Um, but, you know, they've got a new coach. Uh, it's a weird year. Uh, you know, I, I thought that that game against Utah State was going to be a chance for um, Wyoming to really kind of get back on track uh, because everything that Utah State did badly, which was a lot of things, was going to play into Wyoming's favor. And there was going to be a chance to get the offense going, to get the secondary back on track in terms of defending the pass. Uh, and, and I kind of feel like UNLV, this hypothetical game, uh, is kind of in, in, in a similar feel similarly about it that, you know, again, you can't take any games for granted, but, you know, they are a pretty big, they're a pretty heavy favorite in this one. And uh, I, I know that, you know, it will have been 22 days since they last played, which is pretty insane. And they, they definitely want to get that bad taste out of their mouth. I think that Colorado State loss has kind of stuck with them. And uh, they are extremely excited to take out their aggression on, someone just just anyone so they can just you know get back out there i know there's obviously a you know a lot of just frustration and the team's anxious to play but kind of what's the mood what's the feel that you're kind of getting coming out of the locker room you know it's i wouldn't say it's they're not angry they're not you know i i think i think they get it and i think that kind of starts at the top with craig and uh, he he knows that this is or there's a lot of moving parts right now that he can't control and that his his players can't control. They can only do what they can do, and they've for the most part done a really good job of controlling those things. Um, I think I think they're just kind of frustrated. You know, it's it's one thing when you know the uh, the Air Force game that was canceled. I think it was on a Sunday, so they you know they knew that they were going to have a bye week and that. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But to have the rug pulled out like it happened uh, for Utah State, you know, literally 30 hours before the game, I think that was pretty tough because they did all the preparation. Uh, they were ready to go. And then, uh, you know, just like that, it's, it's done. Um, I, I would say frustrated. But, you know, I, I think they're – they're handling it as well as you can. Uh, you know, we, we've seen some programs uh, not handle these situations with grace, and I'm not going to name any uh, program names, but there's a few right now in the news that are, you know, uh, making headlines for, you know, how, just how this the cancellations have affected them. And uh, Wyoming's done a really – they've been really um, – about as solid and upbeat as you can, given the circumstances. And, and again, I think that starts with Craig Bull. Yeah, well, it's it's certainly tough to campaign to play when a few games you've you've kind of you've not shown up like you thought you might. So you never know. I mean, come three weeks off of their last game, believe it or not, if you haven't been paying attention, the last game was actually the rivalry game. It was border war. So that seems like eons ago. We've almost had three or four holidays in between that time. <laughs> but uh, coming off three weeks, I feel like Xavier Valade, he's got to be in line for what, 55 carries? Maybe more, actually. 
I, in all seriousness, I mean, what? how do you think that they're going to go about this game in terms of attacking UNLV? I mean, if the way that Colorado State game started was about as bad as possible with two turnovers on their first two drives. They were down 14 nothing within like four minutes. They were battling uphill from that. But, you know, Levi Williams had the best yardage of his career, the most completions. Uh, he looked pretty in control after those two monumental lapses in judgment. And, and so, you know, I think it could be, uh, you know, I think people are excited about the potential of, of the passing game because, you know, we just saw a Wyoming quarterback throw for 321 yards, which has not happened in a, a while. Uh, and so, you know, there's, there's that potential. But I think when it comes down to it, and Craig Bull has said this, you know, his quote is always, we're not going to be an air raid. Uh, and, you know, and especially with, with how their line has played and it, it maybe hasn't been up to snuff and what they thought it was supposed to be when the season started. There's been injuries and lineup changes and whatnot. But I, I think they really want to establish themselves on the offensive line. And the way you do that is by running the football a, a billion times. And I think it's going to be one of those games where I think Wyoming's averaging 47-ish rushes per game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that, uh, just because they want to set the tone. It's been tw- it will have been 22 days since since they last played a game, and I, I think they just want to put a hat on a hat. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Levi has a, a really efficient game, but I'd be shocked if unless they're down. I don't see him throwing 30 times. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a heavy a heavy dose of Valaday and and Trey Smith and, and they're they're, they're going to do what they do because I, I think they're sick of waiting around. Yeah, and talking about the receivers, um, they've, they, they've shown a lot of growth, and I think you wrote about that, right? Um, they've shown a lot of growth early this season, and you kind, you've kind of touched on that. Do you see them kind of really stepping up and expanding their roles? Yeah, so I mean, it's you know the last time out there, which again, it, it literally feels like it was a decade ago. But you know, Aiden Eberhardt, I think, had uh, 132 yards against Colorado State. He looked really good. Isaiah Nair has had his moments where you know he's averaging almost 30 yards a catch this year, uh, which you know obviously it's it's low volume because he only has six catches, but that's second in the nation uh, in yards per reception. Um, they haven't had guys like that, the explosive guys who can go up and get a jump ball, uh, can win those 50-50 battles. And so I, I, I think they really are um, excited about that group. Uh, I have another story kind of coming on, uh, coming out about that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we spoke with Mike Grant, uh, the wide receivers coach on Monday, and, uh, you know, they've just been kind of focusing on um, – you know, one interesting thing he said was, you know, people were asking, you know, why didn't Isaiah Nayer play last year? He's clearly a man. You know, why wasn't he out there? And he said, you know, well, we could put him out there for, you know, four or five reps a day in practice, or we could have him going against the number one defense when he's on the scout team and just taking as many reps as he can, because that's the best way that he's going to grow. And, 
you know, it would have been probably nice to have him out there last year, but I think now we're kind of seeing that the patience paid off because it's, it's not too big for him. I mean, he, Isaiah Nayer is a dude, uh, you know, he's every bit of six, three with crazy athleticism. Uh, he, he can make up, he can make the difficult catch. I mean, so between him and, and Aiden and, and uh, Gunnar Gentry's had his moments and, and Dante Crow's had his moments. I, I really do think that, you know, they might, they're not, they're never going to have the volume that some of these 2020 offenses do in terms of receptions and all that stuff. Uh, but I think they're, they're a pretty solid group and, and I think they make the most of their chances. I'll ask both of you guys this. What Wyoming has three games left. They've had a couple games canceled, like I predicted at the beginning of the year, that we that Wyoming would be lucky if they were able to complete six full games, which that's what they're on track to do. They're one and two. They're taking on an 0-4 UNLV on Friday. What what do you what do you really think that Wyoming has left to play for at this point, besides pride, of course? Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's weird because I think we're so used to having those like benchmarks for like, this is what you need to make it to a bowl game. That six win mark. And now it's like, well, a lot of teams aren't even going to play six games. So like, you know, who knows what the bowl situation is. You know, we've got the freaking New Mexico bowl. It's going to be played in Frisco, Texas. Like that's where we're at. Just everything is so all over the place. But uh, I, I think he pride for sure, but you know, they've done things the right way in terms of, uh, you know, staying out of, you know, bad situations and, you know, they, they've kept the positive test to a minimum. Um, you know, they've been, they've been ready to play all their games. It's been, it's been the opposing teams, which I think must be really frustrating uh, when you're doing things the right way and the other team, you know, does whatever it does. Um, but yeah, I, I think for them, they, Maybe it hasn't gone as they thought, but I, I think I, I know how badly they wanted to play when things got canceled and, and even before that when it was up in the air. And I think they just, you know, whatever the record ends up being, I, I think they just want to show people that, you know, they were worthwhile and that this was a good team and, you know, are, you know, they're not going to be in a new year six conversation, but um, you know, they they were still a, a, a good team that, that made the most of its opportunities. And uh, you know, if the bowl game comes, so be it uh, again, I have no idea what that's going to look like with, with, you know, some teams playing five games and some playing 12 games. Uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of eyeball test, and, and but and I think over these next few games, it's an opportunity for Wyoming to show, hey, we're a lot better than those two losses. Here's here's who we really are, and if if you want to invite us to the postseason, judge us on what we've done most recently, rather than a, a couple slip ups early. Yeah, I mean like you said that none of these canceled games have been Wyoming's fault and it has to be like almost mentally exhausting kind of to know that you are doing everything right and you're not getting rewarded and 
being rewarded, being able to play and showcase. Because they're, I mean, like you said, they're a good team, obviously. They're a great team, but we still have Boise State traveling to Laramie end of the season. I mean, that's obviously something to look forward to. And that's the game that they want to win, and they're going to be competitive, and they could potentially beat Boise State. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Play for pride, I guess. But just like you said, Michael, just showcase and say that this could have been a great season, maybe seven, eight wins. And it's just kind of just how it has to be, I guess. I mean, you beat Boise State at the end of the year, and it was all worth it. That's all I'm going to say. Move on. Last football deal. We always like to make a prediction. Wyoming is currently a 16.5-point favorite. The total is 52. We are recording this on Tuesday, so a healthy amount of time before the game at 2 on Friday on FS1 for those people that want to watch. Let's hear some predictions. Um, I am going to say Wyoming wins this one 34-14. You know, I – Listen, I know they've got some nice playmakers over there, but there's a reason they're averaging like 16 or 17 points a game, and there's a reason they're giving up 37 or whatever it is. Uh, You know, through four games, I'm not saying you are what you are, but uh, they've shown that they've had struggles, and it was to be expected. And I think that given everything that's happened over the last three weeks, you know that Wyoming is just – chomping at the bit to go out there and just beat someone up. And I think this is, this is going to be one of those games where UNLV afterwards is, is going to be really, really beat up. Let's just lay it right on the averages, 37-17, or UNLV's averages, I should say. Pokes cover the spread and the total goes over. Right. What are you thinking? What are you Robert, thinking, Graf? Robert's <laughs> flying high. Robert's flying high. I mean, their highest scoring game of the season was at home when they gave up 40 to Fresno State and UNLV scored 27 themselves. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably – there's at least one special team's defensive turnover in this game, which always leads to an over. So uh, I, I'm going to ride with Robert, and I'm going to say 37-20 Wyoming. They, they come out like Senior Cats has said, and they, they just smash them in the mouth. I mean, I, I was being facetious with 55 carries for Xavier Valde, but if it's not north of 30, I'll be very surprised. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Smith is also in that neighborhood as well. So we'll see. Excited, keeping our fingers crossed that the game actually kicks off as scheduled on Friday. We move on to another sport that has run into even more issues and they haven't even tipped off yet. It's hoops. The Wyoming basketball team is slated to begin their season on Saturday against Mississippi Valley State in Laramie. What do, you, what do you know about the hoops team going into this season? Because 
Nobody seems to really know anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, usually at least you get like, uh, you get to go to practice or you get to see something. But, like, <laughs> you know, everything's been done via Zoom and we haven't seen them since that Mountain West tournament run. Uh, and it's a very different team. There's only four guys back um, from that team. Um, and that's, that's not a bad thing. Uh, you know, they brought in some really, really good players. And I'm just, you know, Linder, he's – Jeff Linder's really, really highly thought of in, in basketball circles. Linder's um, awesome. He is – Genuinely you know, awesome. By all accounts, the next big thing. And um, – you know, again, due to I don't know how many games are going to end up getting canceled this year. I don't know what the final thing is going to look like, but um, you know, I think they were picked ninth or tenth in in you know. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they finish right about in the middle this year, and because um, I th- I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. Um, you know, they they're going to play defense. That was the, one of the things they did well last year was playing defense. But I really think that. You know, Linder is going to put those guys in position to to get easier looks, and they're going to have way better ball movement. And they've recruited a bunch of very good shooters and guys who who fit sort of the modern, you know, college and, and even NBA game. Um, you know, bigs have to be able to shoot too, and, and they've they've been recruiting those sorts of guys too. And you know, Hunter Thompson's a guy I think is going to thrive. Uh, you know, with with Linder. Um, you know, I I don't really know a lot about Mississippi State or sorry Mississippi Valley State, other than they're the Fighting Jerry Rices. Uh, other than other than that, uh, uh, I can't say I know too much about the program uh, basketball wise. But um, you know, I I, I think it's it, it's going to be good for them just to get out there and you know I think they've been really excited to show people what they can do because um, I you know they you know when you win single digit games two years in a row you're you're mad and you want to show people that they should get their butts to arena auditorium and you should be one of the 2000 people who gets to be in there because otherwise you're missing out and i think they're just i think they're excited to show what they can do if you weren't paying attention the last few years when uh jeff linder brought his northern colorado squad to laramie to play the cowboys and honestly they they brought the wood they beat up on Allen Edwards's Wyoming squads pretty bad. But if you weren't paying attention, he play, he employs a very exciting brand of basketball. They shoot a ton of threes. They play physical defense on the perimeter. It's a perimeter oriented system. He he wants to run up and down the floor in terms of offensively and then on defense I don't want to call them cheap shots, but, like, they get into guys' chests. They're not going to let anything come easy for the opposing team, which is that, – that's Cowboy tough. And that's kind, of, that's kind of been the motto that they've been employing in terms of they, they want to make this team kind of resemble Wyoming and the state and be and return it to something that – the state can be proud of. So definitely super excited for Linder. I will say when he came in at Northern Colorado, he was taking over a similar program in that they were uh, very fortunate to be D1. Their D1 status 
was never in jeopardy or anything, but it certainly was kind of a joke. And that's kind of where Wyoming has dipped the last few years. Obviously, they made a nice Mountain West Conference tournament run this past season to uh, say adios to Allen Edwards. But still, it, it's way down there. So don't be too excited, but down the road, it's it's going to be pretty and it's going to be fun and it's going to be a it's just going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, within two years, he had them from the worst team in the Big Sky to a 26-win team. Um, and he's got better talent here. Like, there's no reason – you know, it might not happen this year, but I think it's going to be a pretty quick fix. They're, they're going to be competing for Mountain West titles pretty soon. A, a guy that was awesome at Northern Colorado that ended up winning defensive player a few times – player of the year few times at Northern Colorado was a walk-on. So like Jeff Linder knows how to develop guys. It's his specialty. It's what he does best. And it's what he's done in the past that helped bring in a solid recruiting class this past year. Several guys mentioned when they were interviewed about why choose Wyoming? What, what are you thinking? And they all pointed to the fact that Linder he was hands-on, paid attention to detail. He has a proven track record of developing guys and getting the most out of them. So not necessarily this year, but down the line, it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, Linder was at Boise State before, and he recruited Chandler Hutchison and Justinian Jessup, and those were guys that were projects. And they are both in the NBA now because Justinian just got drafted by the Warriors. And, and I, think that, uh, I, I think that says a lot to his eye for knowing what people can – maybe not what they are at the moment, but what they can be. Yeah, recruiting and developing players. And didn't he recruit uh, Damian Lillard down there, Weaver State? So, obviously, he brings, brings that talent to these – Maybe smaller schools, I guess. But, Cats, I want to ask, uh, from what you're seeing, what player are you most excited to kind of watch this season? Um, you know, I think the easy answer here would be Hunter Maldonado because, I mean, he's, he's their heartbeat. Uh, he's he's going to be – he's going to do everything, uh, especially – I think he's going to handle the ball a little bit more this year um, just because he's one of their more experienced guys. Um, but I mean, I'm kind of excited to see what Quan Marble, uh, can do. Uh, cause you know, he's got a really like, he's a crafty player. Uh, he, he's not going to wow you with his speed or anything like that, but the guy just knows how to get buckets and he's been working on his jumper a lot. Uh, I think he knows that Jeff Linder needs you to be able to shoot from deep. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can turn into as a, even as an on and off ball guard, um, because I, I think playing with pace is really going to help him out. So I, I would say him. And then, you know, Hunter Thompson is a guy who, uh, you know, he's had his injuries. He's, he's been up and down. And I think he's finally at a place where he's confident with himself. Um, but he's also confident that Jeff Linder is going to put him in the right place and, and he's not going to, He's not going to make him into what he isn't. And, you know, Hunter Thompson's a guy who is at his best when he's shooting out from deep, uh, using that height and that length. 
Um, but you know, I talked to him a couple weeks ago and he's working on, on getting stronger down low. And, and I, I think we're going to see a new Hunter Thompson too. Yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting season. Uh, we're all just kind of excited for, you know, a refresh on the Wyoming basketball program to put it mildly, certainly. So, uh, let's wrap it up here. The, the hoops team released some sweet uniforms. I mean, if you missed the brown jerseys, they are back and they look amazing. And honestly, ten out of ten on these on these uniforms. I think they're absolutely incredible. But love to hear you guys' thoughts on what do you, what do you make of these new unis that uh, the hoops team will be sporting? I personally am a sucker for cursive. Uh, I think it makes every team's – they just makes them look authentic and, and like they're, they're a proud program. You know what I mean? There's just something about it that just sticks out. And, um, you know, the, the last few years, the jerseys have kind of looked YMCA-y. Uh, just in, you Especially know. Those, uh, those gray ones last year. Those kind of look like some practice unis. I was the shorts are kind of cool. I kind of, I was digging the shorts, but not the tops, man. Yeah, and so I think the these jerseys are they kind of say like take us seriously, you know. And I know, you know, in the grand scheme of things, does how you look affect the way you play? I don't know. Deion Sanders will tell you it did. You know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good, play good, get paid good. Um, I, I think there is something to having confidence like that. And I think it's also a fresh start for them too. Uh, you know, they're not putting on the jerseys that they lost all those games in they're, they're putting, it's, it, it's a fresh start. It's something new. The first time they go out there, it's not only a new coach, but they're wearing a, a new Jersey. And, and I think those sorts of things really do matter. I mean, we, we see teams get so pumped over, helmet selections for football and New Jersey's. And we see teams sometimes win games they shouldn't have won because they were so freaking excited over their jerseys. Um, and I think it's just, you know, in addition to the brand of basketball that Linder's going to bring, uh, making it more exciting, I think that something as simple as a jersey change can sort of be uh, – I think it can help turn over that new leaf a little bit faster because you, you, you don't have those – memories of of the 24 lost teams it's 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 a completely blank slate and you know you look good doing it david which which color scheme is your favorite i mean cat's getting deep on the uniforms there you know he's really really thinking about what they mean it's like he's writing an english paper i guess that's the writer in it but uh, i was i was an english lit major back in the day (laughs) (laughs) well i think the the yellow ones with the cursive. I'm I'm like Mr. Katz here that uh, I'm a sucker for those. Those look awesome, sweet. You you really are sending a message when you step out there on the floor. And I'm gonna get a little deep. I think the cursive just means that you mean business. You know, you sign something in cursive, it's for real. So uh, I think I think those are pretty sweet. We'll wrap it up here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you guys were able to check out 
the episode that Robert and I did where Robert was able to sit down with Cheyenne East head football coach Chad Goff. I talked with Kelly Walsh's Aaron McKelkey. We talked about both of their incredible seasons at their respective high schools here in the state. So check that out if you haven't already. I'll let these guys shout out their uh, social media channels that you want that they want you to check them out at. And then uh, just appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if, if you're so inclined and you want to go down a rabbit hole of, of some, some good tweets and some bad tweets, you can find me at uh, Michael L. Katz, and that's K-A-T-Z. Unbelievable tweet, tweet game from Katz. Robert, what, shout out your handle for the people. I don't, I, I don't tweet very often at all, but you can follow me, rmunoz307 on Twitter. Always holding it down for the Cowboys State. Had the best coverage when it came to the high school 4A state championship game. The man was all over it. All over it. His Twitter feed was a must check as the game was progressing. So check those guys out. Follow myself on Twitter at Mr. David Graff. Really appreciate everybody who has subscribed to the podcast and shares the podcast. It means a whole lot to all of us. So really appreciate that. And then finally, shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll be back next week, hopefully discussing a Pokes W in Vegas. trying